She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 4. Terminus. Part 2. We did it! Yay! Yay! (laughs) We finished season 4. I'm so proud of us. Like, really. I feel like we really rocked it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're only 16 months behind schedule, but... You know, know. (laughs) I guess not really not 16 months behind schedule. It just took us 16 months to do season four. Uh So we are about 10 months behind schedule. (laughs) Uh, We did a lot of other stuff in between. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, that stuff was also supposed to happen. So we're still like 10 months behind schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we got through it. I mean, unless by other stuff, you mean like mental breakdowns and that kind of stuff. So I mean, that stuff is also important. (laughs) Got to have your mental breakdown every so often. Yeah, I think it. I I'm enjoying the podcast a lot more ever since that. So, um, yeah, I think maybe we just needed to. I think maybe we were putting weird pressure on. You know, like I I definitely do this thing where like I'll be doing a project and I'll start to put weird pressure on myself and like no one else gives a shit. So like, where is this pressure coming from? But it's all like internal, and I have to like kind of like exercise that pressure and be like, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Just have fun. Like. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we just needed to exercise that pressure and just have fun with it. And now we're just having fun with it. And I'm having a good time. You're having a good time. We finished four seasons of the X-Files officially, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Hopefully the listeners shit. are enjoying it too. So Hopefully. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. We seem to be doing okay. I don't know who left and who came back. It's all anonymous from what I get. So, and honestly, I'm not sure if I trust any of the numbers we get anyway. So, but <laughs> yeah. So hey, we did. We did it. We did four seasons, and we're gonna start five. We are in a little bit. We are. Speaking of which, I kind of want to just give listeners a little heads up on what to expect for the rest of this year. Sure. Um, this might actually be news to Tori too. Who knows? Uh, sometimes that's how it is. You guys just hear our production meetings. So uh, we f- we're finishing. We finished season four. We've got our terminus that we're doing. You know, you can hear right now. a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. And then we're just about ready to wrap up Millennium. So that's exciting. And I'm stalling because I'm pulling the calendar up. And it's Millennium season one that we're wrapping up. Obviously, not the whole show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, I should be more specific. So no, yeah, it's okay. I just have three seasons. <laughs> yeah, and so Millennium will finish up ideally the end of July. So we're almost there. August is gonna be kind of a little bit of a summer break, but not really. We'll have something out every week, hopefully. So last year we had In Search of September. But this year, September is a little special. So it's going to be in search of August. So because in September, if you're listening to our podcast, you might be aware that September is kind of important in the Mm X-Files. And, you know, the show started in 1993. This is 2023. You can do the math. So... Yeah, so we've got some special stuff planned for September. We've got some super special stuff planned for October. October's going to mm-hmm. be fun. A little Halloween-y action for you guys. Mm-hmm. November will be kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. We'll be continuing with the X-Files. We'll have some in search of, have some extra special stuff. Same thing with December. And then in the new year, boom, we're going to get back into Millennium. And then we'll have our in search of, and we'll keep cranking away the X-Files. And yep. who knows, in the next, like, six months, we may decide to add some other stuff, too. We will see. Yep. We'll see what happens. Well, that's the expectation. So if things happen, things happen. So <laughs> but we'll try and keep you updated if things are going to get a little crazy. So hopefully it won't, but it might. Who yeah, knows? you never know. You Life never know. That's the thing with the future. You never know. Yep. Yeah. Because I don't think crystal balls really work. No, I don't think they do. Yeah. Anyhow, let's get into Terminus. I know the part you guys love most about the Terminus is when I talk spreadsheets. So Yay, numbers. Yeah. So 
while we're going to be only discussing part two of season four, because we already determined as part one, where we discussed episodes one through 12, which occurred before we had our little hiatus. And so we're going to be discussing 13 through 24. But in general, season four had 10 myth arc episodes, mm. which is actually the most of any season so far. In the whole of X-Files, season four ties season eight for the seasons with the most myth arc episodes. They both have 10. Okay. But season eight only has 21 episodes. So it actually has a higher percentage of myth arcs than season four does. Hmm. So in my eyes, the top season for myth arcs would be season eight and then season four, a close second. Hmm. But so far, up to now, season four does have the most. Yeah, wow. I mean, you can feel it, too. I feel like the myth arcs were incredibly weighty this time around. Yeah. Also, season four, and some of this, again, may have to do with how things happened after our hiatus that we talked about. Season four has 11 of our 12 shortest episodes. (laughs) That time frame goes from 49 minutes and 45 seconds to one hour seven minutes and 33 seconds and seven of those 11 of the 12 are after we came back so it could be that we're just doing things a little differently yeah well and i think we've gotten more streamlined also my x-files books are still in a box i really need to pull them out so i don't have as much stuff from there i have uh, not looked at an x-files book yeah since the hiatus for sure mine are around so. so it's just but also I think we've gotten a little bit like I've gotten better with the recaps in terms of like I don't need to describe every part of this conversation. I can just hit the highlights like we don't need to go through the whole thing most of the time and just trying to kind of like, you know, fit everything important into the recap, but not like literally like it's not like a transcript. You know what I mean? Like, I think I ri- originally was trying to like write like the entire episode. It's like, no, I don't need to do that. I can just kind of hit the highlights. I feel like I've gotten better at that too, which might be having an effect. I also think I don't rant as much as I used to, which (laughs) is a good thing probably for people. Definitely. I think it's a good thing for me because I think that's why one reason why I'm enjoying it more. I'm just not getting as angry about 30 year old television as I, you know, because I don't need to. (laughs) What the the hell's wrong with me? So not that important. (laughs) Yeah. So in that 11 of the 12 shortest episodes, I am excluding the Springfield Files, which is actually only 56 minutes and 36 seconds, because it's not really an X-Files episode. And then I'm also excluding two of our previous Terminus episodes that also fall into that range. And that would be season one's Terminus, and then season three, part one, which came in at an hour 6.33 and an hour 3.13, respectively. So our lowest, 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 or maybe not lowest, but our shortest, 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 episode is Kadish, season four <laughs> episode 15 49 yeah. minutes and 45 seconds then we have synchrony season four episode 19 53 minutes and one second unrequited season four episode 16 one hour and 45 seconds then we have the field where i died which is also season four episode five so pre-hiatus at one hour one minute 31 seconds tunguska season four episode eight one hour, four minutes, 22 seconds. Never again. So our first episode back from our hiatus. Season four, episode 13. One hour, five minutes and nine seconds. Underway. Season four, episode four. One hour, five minutes and 19 seconds. Then number eight is blood. Way back from season two, episode three. One hour, five minutes and 22 seconds. Mm-hmm. Nine is Memento Mori, season four, episode 14, an hour, six minutes, 36 seconds. Tempest Fugit, season four, episode 17, one hour, six minutes, and 37 seconds. So just a second after Memento Mori, getting it tight. Home, season four, episode two, one hour, six minutes, and 46 seconds. Number 12, Max, season four, episode 18, one hour, seven minutes, 33 seconds. And then our shortest season three episode was 731. Season three, episode 10, which was one hour, eight minutes and five seconds. And then our shortest season one episode was Darkness Falls. Season one, episode 20, one hour, nine minutes and 18 seconds. Nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're just getting tighter. <laughs> I think it was interesting because, I mean, they were a lot already before our break because we had four season four episodes in the top 12 before we went on hiatus. Mm-hmm. And then the rest came in after. So I do think some of it is how we started doing things. So yeah. probably, yeah. Tightness of scripts, less rantiness. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And then before we began our breakdown of episodes, we neglected to mention in Terminus Part 1 that X was murdered in Mulder's building in Season 4, Episode oh, 1. Oh, yes, Volk. I know. We didn't discuss X being killed at all, so we did mention that a little bit in Tempest Fugit. So it was four floors. He really should have took the stairs, especially since he was going down. But I thought it was a kind of a big thing not to mention in our recap of the first half of season four that we didn't mention the fact that x was killed at all yeah i know so, which was a huge huge thing i think because i like i think we both really liked x i think i liked him better than deep throat honestly so yeah we did really like x i think it was just partly because we recorded the terminus part one as we were coming back and it had been a while <laughs> since we yeah. hit those things and so i think it just kind of probably slipped our minds but yeah it is a bummer x was pretty cool and i'm sad that he's gone yeah, cause it was both a terminus and it was also like a like refresher because we had been away. So and since yeah. we had kind of stopped, we had recorded up to episode 12. I know episodes 11 and 12, I think, came out a little bit later, like during the hiatus because I had not edited them yet. But as far as like what we recorded, we had recorded up to episode 12. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But enough of that. Pff, who cares about the first half of season four? Boring. <laughs> episode 13. Never again. Oh, ironic title. I know I mentioned that a lot when we came back. So, yeah, it is. To prepare for this, while I was working last week, I listened to all of these episodes of our podcast just to see like what we talked about, if there was anything that like struck my mind or made me think like, oh, hey. Basically, when I was listening to Never Again, I didn't have much to add for the show, but I did notice we talked about how I didn't have a TV. So I just wanted to update that I got a TV. Oh, okay. In December of last year, and I got this TV stand from Wayfair, and it was come with a kid. No, it did not, which was also a shame. I feel very disappointed. Uh, I thought that was going to be my cheap route into adoption, but it did not work out. But like, it was so. It's like I don't even freaking know. It's supposed to have doors on two sides, like cabinet doors. And like, I was really excited about it. And then I tried to build it and the instructions were freaking inexplicable. Like I build Ikea furniture all the time. I feel like I'm pretty good at flat pack furniture. This thing was a fucking nightmare. It took me so long to build. And then I, and like the stupid sides of the cabinet where the doors would attach. Like I checked that fucking diagram like six times. I checked it. I checked it. I put the sides on. I'm like, is that right? I think it's right. I tried to check it. I got to the point where you put the doors on and they do not fit because I have one panel backwards on each side. And I'm so angry, <laughs> but I was at that point, not going to take it all apart. Cause at that point, like it was pretty much built. Right. Except that who need doors, doors? who needs doors. Yeah, so the doors are now sitting in my closet, but I do have a TV stand. <laughs> I do have a television now in case anyone's wondering. Uh, I still need a second bookshelf, which I believe we talked about in another episode, but yeah, I do have a TV now. Woo. Yay. I have bookshelves being delivered in like, Two days from Ikea. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I yeah. love Ikea. I just, I don't know. I, w- I went to Wayfair because I was like, well, it's a good deal and it looks cool and whatever. And I deeply regret it. Ikea all the way. Because at least like that shit has instructions you can follow. Like, Yeah, because we have lots of the, the narrower billies. Because wood, if you put heavy books on them, they bow, right? Yes. And you can get the glass shelves for billies. But I went ahead and ordered two of the wide ones to put in the bedroom because my wife is a lego city collector oh yeah some of the the larger ones that are on one and a half grids they don't fit in a billy and Mm. so this way we can put her cities in there and other legos and that kind of stuff in there and so and also some books and what have you but right now we've got some right now we've got some shorter bookcases in there and so we're trying to you know go vertical Use up all that space, space, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully our apartment will stop looking like (laughs) garbage, honestly, because when we moved, since we just kind of moved across the hall to a better, newer, improved apartment, they had renovated and it's on the other side of the building. So the sun isn't beating on it at the end of the day. 
it's so much nicer. It's just so much nicer in here. Wood floors, marble counters, all this kind of stuff. But since we were basically just moving across the hall, it was a very haphazard move. Because, like, why pack everything up when you can just carry everything? But because you're taking things off of things and then have nowhere to put them when you get in. Right. You just kind of shove stuff Our apartment's basically just been a disaster area for, like, two years, which is embarrassing. It's, like, 100% my fault. But it's still embarrassing. It's hard. Like I moved in here over a year ago, a little bit, like last May. So a year ago, last May. And I don't know, there's still like, I could, there's so much furniture I could get to like spruce up the place and storage solutions and stuff. But like that should cost money. It does. time. You know, you got to put it together because I can't afford fancy pre-built furniture. So, like, you know, it's just like that's when I put together my dresser, you know, that's a whole fucking afternoon. This TV stand was like a whole day. It killed my day. Like, it just takes so Well, that's because they have that Illuminati code with the Wayfair stuff. That it's oh, not really God. like the instructions. It's I can't code believe how for... bad those instructions were. I'm actively, I'm still, it's been like six months and I'm actively angry about <laughs> I think if you had got those doors on correctly close them and then open them you would have found your child oh damn it all right well next time that's how that works yeah well shoot all right well you know a kid would have been a big adjustment for the cats anyway so i guess it's probably for the best okay yeah we should probably actually talk about the episode a little bit okay Um, anyway (laughs) (laughs) that's all i had for never again i got a tv yay (laughs) okay my there's just a lot i think it's because we were coming back and i think we had a pretty good discussion that episode but i do feel that maybe i wasn't on my game because we it was our first episode really back and stuff like that mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about how like never again how that was kind of funny because we're coming back from a hiatus and it's never again also it was morgan and wong last episode yes and so i felt like a dullard about that like that didn't come up i mean we talked about that be their last episode but didn't tie it into the title of it being like never again oh yeah 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 yeah, so I was like, dumbass, what are you doing? Anyway, and then I had mentioned that Scully's tattoo was the Millennium logo. It's not exactly the Millennium logo. The head is different and it's flipped. The Millennium logo is a snake eating its tail going counterclockwise. And it also looks like it's a photo of like a piece of jewelry, like in a museum catalog or something. Scully's tattoo is clockwise and is obviously like line work. So, I mean, it's a little bit different, but it's close enough. And maybe she wanted to see it in the mirror. So that's why it's backwards because it's. and then i also found it interesting there's a lot of stuff that i just when i listened to it i was like oh why didn't i say that like you know future me smarter than past me kind of thing i know me too (laughs) the tattoo is constantly telling edward that women are controlling and evil but then the tattoo is also a woman so that's also kind of ironic yeah and is actually controlling and evil yeah (laughs) yeah so that's kind of funny and then if you made one subtle change this episode it becomes a millennium episode because what if Edward and the tattooist were a team and they were drugging people for their serial killer thrills or for trafficking people? You have two serial killers working together, which is unprecedented. And then an FBI agent disappears. So they call in Frank black and then Frank and Mulder have to work together. And that would be a super interesting dynamic, especially if we're keeping with the whole Scully is missing stuff. So yeah, maybe I do need to start writing up some of my stuff because I have ideas sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad one. And then I have a lot of notes for this episode. I'm sorry, this is a lot. I think it's just because it was our first one, and again, I felt like I was off. I had joked that SAG wouldn't let Tarantino direct the episode because originally he was going to do it. It would have been the Directors Guild of America, the DGA, that wouldn't have allowed him. Mm-hmm. Um, although if it had been SAG, it would be amazing because it meant the actors didn't want it, and so they like protested. <laughs> so, which I would totally do because I don't like Quentin Tarantino. Right. So. And then we also have at the end we talked about that you know Mulder talks about like oh you're in a you're in X Files Scully kind of thing, and so I made an attempt at a complete list, and so if we try to limit it to instances where Scully isn't just a victim but actually is part of an X File, so here's my list: we got Darkness Falls, we got Lazarus, we got Dwayne Barry in One Breath, we got Dolled Calm, we got Wet Wired, and this episode. Mm. So. Like Darkness Falls, Dwayne Barry, One Breath, and Dolled Calm, those are kind of, I think Dwayne Barry definitely works because like she is a victim, but she's also included in what's going on because she supposedly has like the chip, right? Right. So we have more than just two, I think, where she's part of the X-File itself. Yeah, um, she's probably got to be in a lot of those files. Yeah. Episode 14. Memento Mori. Ooh. 
And yeah, I don't really have anything for this. Like, I feel like I covered it in the episode. So me either. Actually, this was, and we actually just talked about this recently because Memento Mori's episode that her brother was supposed to be in, but he ended up on the cutting yes. floor. So yeah. Episode 15. Kadish. Yeah, and again, I don't really have anything for Kadish. I think it was short for a reason. Like, it was fine. It, I mean, it was a good episode, but, like, I don't have a lot to say about it. Yeah. I had talked about how the only real quibble I had with Kadish was that it didn't seem to reference any of the heavy Emmy bait stuff from the last episode. And I wondered, slash assumed, if it had been written before Leonard Betts and Memento Mori. Well... If I had looked at the production numbers, it was, in fact, before Never Again. The order, actually, based on the production numbers, is Kaddish, Never Again, Leonard Betts, Memento Mori, which makes way more sense, considering how Kaddish ends, and we assume that Scully is both empathic and introspective. Mm -hmm. I think if you wanted to watch them in that order, you could, and it would still flow as a season. So yeah. I would maybe even make a little bit more sense because it wouldn't seem such like a big jump from I have cancer to other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Episode 16. Unrequited. So for Unrequited, this episode is so funny because like as I was doing my re-listen through, like I totally didn't even listen to this one. I forgot it existed. Like I just skipped it and I didn't realize it was there until I went back to adjust my ratings. And I was like, oh, Yeah. I was looking it up to see, I forget what I was looking for, but I stumbled across the Wikipedia page and I realized Howard Gordon was the writer for this one. Mm -hmm. And he had apparently heard a story about American CIA agents who were left behind in Vietnam. And he had pitched the story as an episode and then just had a lot of trouble writing it. And so Chris Carter stepped in. That's why he shares the writing credits. So I guess. Okay. Howard Gordon was originally only going to write one episode this season, and then he was going to work on Synchrony, I think. And then he started working on this, and Chris Carter had to come in and, like, help out, I guess. So, I don't know. The episode's kind of a mess, and I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't Yeah, I remember we talked about how it was very 24-ish, and that he went on to work on 24. Mm -hmm. So, which kind of made a little bit of sense. Almost like this was, like, his trial run for that kind of style. Yeah. Trying to do things in a short span of time and yeah. with the military. Yeah, I, yeah, this episode could not exist. It's not, not a problem. Yeah, it wouldn't be sad. Episode 17. Tempest Fugit. <gasps> so this one and Synchrony, I kind of have the same note, which is just really funny because like we recorded Tempest Fugit after kind of a break where we had like been meaning to record it and weren't getting around to it. And we were recording like Millennium and In Search Of, but we just didn't get to this one for a while. And so we talk about how, like, oh, it's been a really long time since so we recorded the X-Files. And then, like, we would do this one in Max. And then we come back in Synchrony. And it's like, oh, it's been a really long time since we recorded an X-File. I thought it was funny as I was listening to them in, like, quicker succession. So if you're listening back to back, you're like, wait, what? Didn't you just say that? And it's like, yeah, because to you listening, it doesn't really matter if you're listening now. Like, the episodes are just Well, there. you're not supposed to just listen to the X-Files. You're supposed to listen to the stuff in between. Yes, it's all in one feed. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. Some people don't maybe don't care about In Search of or Millennium. And you're evil, evil people. So, you're just you missing know, out because you're missing out. In Search of gold. Is, There's yeah, some gold in there. It's it's bonkers, <laughs> but it's great. It's it's, so. it's 70s science and like them searching for mythical creatures and stuff. It's in Leonard Nimoy. What else do you want? It's great. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was funny because we just kept being like, <laughs> hey, anyway, you yeah. know. It's an expression of how we're approaching things now. If stuff comes up, stuff comes up. Like, yeah, which is don't fine. Stress about it. So, and then I decided I did want to increase my ratings for Tempest Fugit and Max, and I bumped them both to a nine. Oh yeah, I talked about spreadsheet stuff, and I actually didn't even talk about our numbers. Well, we'll do that at the end. Okay. Yeah, I thought on a separate page, and I totally forgot, and obviously haven't done a terminus in a while. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. My only note for Tempest Fugit is that I called him Mark Miller, not the comic book writer, and you called him Matt Miller, and his name in the credits is Mike Miller. So, like, we were oh. super good at this. We both <laughs> called him the wrong name. We both called him different names, and both were wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's wow. like the the chief of the inspector for the the crash. 
So, right. He was yeah. actually kind of an interesting character. I kind of liked him because then he's the guy who does see the UFO mm-hmm. and have a close encounter. But like he's also he starts out kind of skeptical and then has like a whole character arc and he's not like a dick about it. Cause I feel like a lot of times on these shows, the skeptic is kind of an asshole and then has like some kind of reckoning and that's their arc. Well, I'm talking about like oh. one off. Oh, sorry. Yes, one off characters. Sorry and also I love Scully and also I'm kind of an asshole. So maybe we, I just relate to her on a deep and spiritual level, but yeah, I just thought it was funny. Cause a lot of times they start out as like a, dick and he doesn't he's kind of i mean he kind of jokes around with Mulder about haha whatever but like he does seem fairly open-minded so i liked him yeah i thought it was funny because like in my notes i wrote mark in your notes you wrote matt neither of us caught that we were calling him the wrong name and then we were both wrong so i thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> you know all those m names they just blur together sorry sorry yeah. all matt's marks and mics that we're just yeah. mixing you up apparently your last names heads. are miller what are you doing yeah you're not a Superman villain. You don't have to be alliterative. It's fine. So, yeah. Episode 18. Max. Yeah, I just, I really like Max. Uh, I really like him. I'm sad that he's gone, but I thought he did a really good job in this episode. I really liked the video that he made that we see kind of at the end where he's like talking about his experiences as an abductee. I thought that was really good. And I just... I'm sad we won't get more of him in this show, but I was also really happy to see him again. So, yay. Yeah, it's also, I mean, like, for the actor himself, too, it's also kind of sad that he kind of got stereotyped because we had talked a little bit about how he had tried out for several other episodes, but they didn't hire him because he was so associated with Max. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we can't have you be this person because they're going to be like, hey, that's Max. So, but yeah, Max is a good character. I still don't, they never explain why, like, came back from the dead but yeah so okay episode 19 synchrony yeah so again my only note for that one was like just i thought it was funny that we were talking about how we hadn't done an x-files in a while after we just said that two episodes ago so yeah apparently we had a lot of little breaks which is why it took us 16 months to get through season four maybe Uh, yeah yeah. i didn't actually look to see how long it took us from when we came back when we came back in we come back in September or August? So yeah. it still took us like a year to get through 12 episodes. So mm-hmm. one episode a month. Woo. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that makes sense because we would have been on schedule. We would have been nice and tight until we had the break. So, yeah. Wow. Man, crazy. I've been doing less of this since we came back. But for the record, I would like to state that I did notice that the bus Lisa is on and the bus that Lisa exits which should have been the same bus, have different numbers. Uh Uh, We all know I miss my calling card as a continuity czar. I just didn't feel the need to bring it up in the episode. It didn't really fit anywhere to, like, bring it up in the flow of the episode. So, Yeah. But I did Also, that's funny. I wonder why. I wonder if it was just... They probably filmed the two scenes on different times. Well, because it's like B-roll of the bus pulling up. Uh... And then we see her get on a bus, and we don't see the number. But when she gets off, we do see the number. And so I think no one was just paying attention. Yeah. They were just like, we need a bus. And then also, aside from Mulder, like, not using a fire extinguisher that he was holding while he watches, like, the dude catch on fire, why doesn't MIT have a fire-suppressing foam system in his mainframe room? you think it would. Oh, would yeah. Those expensive you... computers to, like, yeah, you don't want to use sprinklers that. that would ruin it, but you could get some foam that would just, like, smother the fire and then would help possibly not damage the equipment too much. So. And then I may have misspoke. I guess Jason could have been a Dr. Nichols, even though he's an associate professor, because as long as he got his PhD, then he would be a doctor. And you usually have to work your way up to full professorship. So I probably, I think I just flipped the whole, like, all professors are doctors, not all doctors are professors sort of thing in my head. So I probably had it backwards, but I honestly didn't care enough to check. So, (laughs) and then I'm pretty sure I brought this up in our small potatoes episodes, but thanks to this episode and our in search of episode immortality, I now know the difference between cryonics and cryogenics, which, of course, I learned after recording both episodes rather than looking into it before the episodes, because sometimes that's how I roll. So and I didn't have the details in front of me, but now I do. I couldn't go into it in small potatoes, but I have them now. So cryogenics are the branches of engineering that involve the study of very low temperatures, such as below 123 Kelvin, how to produce those low temperatures, and how materials behave at those temperatures. 
Okay. Cryobiology is the branch of biology involving the study and the effects of low temperatures on organisms, most often for the purpose of achieving cryopreservation. Okay. Cryoconservation of animal genetic resources is the conservation of genetic material with the intention of conserving a breed. So, like, possibly, like, for cloning in the future. Um, Sort of like the seed banks, but with, like, cells, I guess. Well, that makes sense, too, because, like, if you have... Like that river dolphin that I think now is extinct, extinct. It was functionally extinct for a while where it was just like two males left or something. Mm -hmm. Then maybe you could like freeze that, you know, DNA until you can figure out how to, I mean, I guess we know how to clone now, but you know what I mean? Like you could kind of hold on to it. Yeah, to switch the chromosomes to go from male to, yeah. 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 So, and we have cryosurgery, which is a branch of surgery applying cryogenic temperatures to destroy and kill tissue such as cancer cells. Mm-hmm. So rather than cutting them out, you kind of just freeze them, they die, that kind of thing. We have cryoelectronics, which is a study of electronic phenomena at cryogenic temperatures. Examples include superconductivity and variable range hopping. So yeah. some quantum action a little bit there. And then finally we have cryonics, which specifically is the cryopreserving of humans and animals with the intention of future revival. So cryogenics is often erroneously used to mean cryonics in popular culture in the press. And of course we're guilty because that's what we did. So yeah. yeah. But cryogenics is specifically the study of low temperature technology. And then it branches out into the different stuff. So cryonics is the freeze you and then hopefully bring you back from the dead. So gotcha. Okay. Now, you know, and we all know that knowing is half the battle. Yeah. G.I. Joe. (laughs) Anyway, episode 20. Small potatoes. So my thing, I realized this, and we did not mention this in the episode, but it occurred to me the other day while I was thinking about this episode. We know that Eddie Van Blunt has his, like, shape-shifting ability that he probably got from his father. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about how all those little five babies running around may have that shape-shifting ability as well as the tail. Oh, yeah. So things might get really interesting in like 20 years when you've got like 15, you know, like 15, 20 years when they're like teenagers and young adults and they can I wonder if it's like the X-Men where it happens when like you become like you go through puberty and that's when you like your mutant powers come out. Maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, it, it occurred to me like, cause the, they've got Eddie locked up now, but there's like five of his children running around who may actually have that power. So. Oh, and speaking of the X-Men, he's basically a mystique. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Except for in the comics, like she can like, apparently her clothes transform too, which is weird. Oh, that's comics. That's nice. so, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's, I haven't seen the X-Men movies with mystique. I just know she's like blue and well, she's blue in the comics too, but she's scaly in the movies. I don't know if clothing is a part of her ability as well in the movies or not, or if she has to actually like, like in this one, obviously his clothing doesn't change. That's part of the things where you're like, wait a minute, he's wearing the same clothes, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got distracted as often happens and forgot to bring this up. So we talked about how Vince Gilligan wrote this specifically for Darren Morgan and the devious side of me wonders if it was a covert piss taking exercise. I doubt it. I don't know Vince Gilligan and we know he writes good episodes, but I don't know if he's like me or not and would do that or not. I mean, I would definitely do it, but I can't help but think about how the character basically uses snippets of other people's lives to pat out his own inadequacies. And in a way that's exactly what Morgan does when he's writing his scripts with constant references and homages. So there you go. <laughs> That's funny. I did not make that connection. I mean, it might have been. It might even be like a joke with Darren Morgan. I mean, I don't think Darren Morgan is completely unself-aware either. Yeah. I mean, we don't know why he decided that he wasn't going to do this anymore for a while, right? He kind of abruptly, we talked about how he kind of abruptly, like he was supposed to write some episodes and then backed out and separated himself with Mixels for a while. So we don't know. All that detail. So, yeah, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know how much I mean, of it's... maybe he just had some of that internal pressure I was talking about and just freaked out and couldn't do it anymore. I mean, that definitely happens to people in creative industries. Yeah. Or, I mean, or he knows, may have been bullied been... because of what he was doing. Who knows? You know, maybe. Know. We don't know anything. And he might have had an issue with Morgan and Wong. We don't know. We're all, it's just all speculation. We don't know. Which would be ironic because Morgan and Wong left before he did. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. 
I still do think it's probably Gilligan's weakest script so far. Mm-hmm. There's a little too many hand wavy bits in the episode. I enjoy so. it. I think it's fun. And then I have a note here that we definitely talked about already, but just the fact that it's the episode where we talked about Mulder's apartment and I talked about how I lived in an apartment that I'm pretty sure is set up how Mulder's apartment is. So mm-hmm. episode 21. Zero sum. Yeah, I don't really have anything for this. I just, I mean, it was good. Again, it was Skinner sabotaging and working for the cigarette smoking man in hopes of getting a cure for Scully, which hopefully will pan out in season five at some point, because otherwise that would be really depressing. (laughs) But yeah, I don't really have anything to add that we didn't already talk about. I'm just like, where's Skinner's succubus wife? Yeah. Yeah, I did go back and double check. He doesn't have a wedding band in Zero Sum. So I guess that's over. It's done. Yeah, maybe it didn't work out. Yeah, so she apparently developed Chuck Cunningham syndrome and never came back. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know who Chuck Cunningham is, Richie Cunningham had an older brother in Happy Days in the first season, and I think maybe part of the second one, and then he just disappeared and it became just him and Joni. Chuck never yeah. existed. So that's happened on some other shows as well, from what I understand. Yeah, exactly. So the the first season or like early episodes, there'll be a character and they just decide, nope, you know what? We don't need this. And then yeah, goodbye. Millennium did that a little bit. Um, I think they kind of merged the two characters into Gibble House. We talked about how Gibble House had a partner originally. Yes. And yeah. then kind of uh, disappeared. And I think that they just kind of merged the two characters together. Like we don't need two. One's fine. So Right. They were kind of serving yeah. the same function. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Episode 22. Elegy. Yeah, I don't have anything new for this one either. It is what it is. Episode 23. Demons. So one thing I did want to mention about this one is just that one thing I think it does well is it establishes how far Mulder is willing to go for the truth, including like being drugged and letting someone drill a hole in his head. (laughs) And I think that's a good thing to establish as we go into the season finale, because I think that's going to come up in season five. So I just thought it was interesting because we did not mention that little aspect of it that we did talk about Mulder and how he gets like feral when it comes to Samantha and we'll just do crazy stuff. But like, it is a good demonstration of how far he's actually willing to go, which we know is very, very far. Yeah, he goes crazy for someone who probably didn't exist. <laughs> oh dear. I'm still I've I I'm locked onto that conspiracy theory now that Samantha Mulder does not exist. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We talked a little bit about how like no one noticed that Mulder had a forehead scab. We don't even see it when what's-his-face is about to drill into Mulder's head. Like, there's not a pre-existing hole there. But in that one scene with his mom, at the very end, she's like, you're bleeding. And we see blood coming from his forehead, which would imply that he had previously had his head drilled. But in the very beginning, when Scully finds Mulder in the hotel room, she is checking his head hardcore, looking to see if he's got, like, a concussion or something. And no forehead scab. Yeah, that's a good point, because she was really checking him out. To see if, if they had, had not injuries. had that part in there with his mom saying you're bleeding, all that goes away. So it feel, I feel like they should have cut that out, and then it would be fine. There would be no issue. But by having that one little line in there and a little bit of blood coming from Mulder's forehead, then you're like, wait, why didn't Scully see that? Why is there no hole when the doctor's drilling? All that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. they kind of fucked up there, I think. Yeah. Like maybe there was an idea to have that and then they decided like, oh, we can't do that. And then forgot to take that line out or something. I don't know. But yeah. I do wonder also how Mulder took the car to ditch Scully at his mom's house when she's the one who drove because she wouldn't let him drive. Remember? Right. So she would have had the keys. He must have snatched them at some point. But yeah, it's a little confusing. Got some hand going on too. Mulder, Mulder, sneaky. (laughs) And then we didn't go into this in the episode, which is something that we normally tend to do when the X-Files uses science, because sometimes they use something that's real, but then kind of don't use it correctly. So waxman Gweshwin syndrome is now simply called Gweshwin syndrome, and I'm probably saying that wrong, and is also known as Gastaut Gweshwind. I feel like I should be in Beauty and the Beast or something. Gaston. Anyway, (laughs) from Wikipedia, Gaston syndrome is a group of behavioral phenomenon evident in some people with temporal lobe epilepsy. 
There is controversy surrounding whether it is a true neuropsychiatric disorder. Temporal lobe epilepsy can cause changes in personality, which slowly intensify over time. Geschwind syndrome includes five primary changes. Hypergraphia, hyperreligiosity, atypical, usually reduced, sexuality, circumstantiality, and intensified mental life. Not all symptoms must be present for a diagnosis. Only some people with epilepsy or temporal lobe epilepsy will show features of Gwethwin syndrome. So Scully latched on to the last one, the intensified mental life, though she had no evidence that anyone besides Mulder was suffering seizures or had epilepsy, because Mulder's the only one that we know is having seizures. Mm-hmm. The other people are the ones who are having the intensified mental life, and so she kind of merged everything together. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically wrong, but... Yeah, it's just kind of like they, they they saw one thing. Like they were looking on like, what's the website that you go to look and see if you have disease or something? And then WebMD. WebMD, yeah. I, couldn't think. I want to say the Mayo Clinic. And I'm like, no, that's not right. I mean, you could probably <laughs> use the Mayo Clinic to do that too because you're looking up symptoms and reading it. But yeah, you see a symptom like, oh, I have this disease. And then your doctor's like, no, you don't. Stop <laughs> looking up shit on the internet. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, so. And then we talked about how I gave this episode a five, and we were like, I don't think I've ever given an episode of a five before. I gave Ice a five. Well, I upgraded it from a, to a five, from a two. I gave Genderbender a five. I gave Lazarus a five. I gave the Erlenmeyer Flask a five. I gave Endgame a five. I upgraded <laughs> Kalasari to a five from a four. I gave Wetwire to five, and then I gave this a five. So I have given myself <laughs> a five before. It's just <laughs> so, been a while. Just been just a while. Look at yeah. the numbers, maybe when I'm saying shit instead of just making shit up off the top of my head. So. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, which is apparently like 8% of all the episodes watched so far, which is low, but... It's not nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking like 1 through 10, that's actually almost like right there, so... (laughs) Episode 24. Gethsethamine. I'm glad you had to say that, not me, because Geth- I cannot say that fucking Geth- word. Gethsemane. Gethsemane? I don't remember. Geth- you know, it's funny. Gethsemane. 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 It's hard. I keep wanting to flip the TH and the M and the S around and, like, <laughs> reorder them. I know. I want to say Gethsemane, which is yeah. not right at all. So one of the things I forgot to mention is just how, like, if the show had ended... At season four and this was the finale of the show it would have mm-hmm. been a really really dark place because first of all Mulder and scully's last exchange together that we see on the screen is oh, like shit, them yeah. having that fight where he she's like they gave me cancer because of you and he's just like storms off so that was a terrible last interaction if Mulder were actually dead which obviously none of us believe is true that but would have been did. a bold ending that mm-hmm. would have been something people would remember that that would be something people would talk about in the future. Yeah. Well, and then Mulder would be dead. The X-Files would pretty much be debunked and closed. And Scully would be dying of cancer. So <laughs> it would be like the darkest ending of all time. Or living out her immortal life quietly to yeah. not draw attention to herself. So I mean, possibly. So one thing I did do for this episode is I was trying to find stuff to see what people thought in the 90s. And I never can. And I'm always so disappointed. But this time... I found an article in the Wall Street Journal archives. No shit. I had to pay and subscribe to the Wall Street Journal because they don't just (laughs) let you buy one freaking article and I could not get around their paywall to save my life. But I do have a gift link that I will give to Nick that supposedly will let you share the article without a paywall. So I don't know if that'll work, but we can try it. Um, But this article was published on May 23rd, 1997. And it is called The Truth is Out There and So Are Fans Theories. It's a very short article. It just talks about X-Files with a PH, how the fans call themselves that. And they are devoted to the show and how, like, faced with Mulder's apparent suicide, people are flooding the internet with thousands of theories. This article is really fun, too, because they call the internet the net, (laughs) which is very 90s to call it the net. I mean, that's what, what's your name called it in that movie? 
Yeah, I mean, that was the name of that movie. But now then yeah. everyone called it The Web. And that now it's just uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So here are the theories that the Wall Street Journal published in 1997 of what people thought might be going on with the season finale. I'm just going to go through all of them. There's not that many. Oh, okay. So theory number one, Mulder faked his death to fool evil government forces. So that's what we believe, right? Okay. Now undercover, he will search for a cure for his partner, Dana Scully, who's stricken by cancer that may have been induced by said government forces. Oh. So I feel like that's kind of where you and I landed, or at least closer to where you and I landed. That yeah, I don't know about the Mulder searching for the cure for cancer, but... No, but I, I think it's more that he faked his death and Scully's aware. I think it's where I landed, yeah. and that's, that's what I believe. Yeah, and also, by what's your face, I meant Sandra Bullock. I'm just bad with names, so that's what I was talking yes. about. The movie She's in the movie The Net, so I just wanted to clarify that. The next theory is that Mulder was kidnapped by the cigarette-smoking man who has been blamed for everything from President Kennedy's assassination to the Buffalo Bills championship losses in the show. I don't know so. that he was blamed for it. I mean, we saw him do it in the episode. Yeah. Well, this is they're they're having some pithy writing here. When oh, writing oh, gotcha. These, oh, it's the 90s. fan of theories. Yeah, there's I'm, pithy writing. In the Wall Street. Was the Wall Street Journal pithy in the 90s? I don't know. I, yeah, apparently. Hmm, okay. So, yeah, that was one theory that he was kidnapped by the cigarette smoking man. I'm not sure where that came from, but interesting. One theory is that nothing in the episode is true because it was told in flashback by Scully, who is just actively lying to Blevins and the people she is talking to. And so nothing we see on screen actually happened. Oh, so this is like her musings of a cigarette smoking man. Musings yeah. of a not real redhead. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> of a bottle redhead. Yeah. No. So that's one theory. One theory is the Dallas theory that Mulder dreamed the entire episode while recovering from his painful repressed memory therapy uh, that involved drilling a hole in his skull that we saw in the last episode. So it's just fallout from demons, basically, is the theory. We should probably explain the Dallas theory for people. Dallas is a show where the season finale, like someone wakes up and had dreamed the whole thing or something, and it's widely regarded as one of the worst like series finales ever written, so... And then there's a theory that Mulder did kill himself, but just dropped his gun by mistake. So it was an accident. Oh. Yeah. Which begs the question of why do you have his gun out then? Yeah. This theory is considered to be wildly outside the box, but basically one net surfer. And again, I love that they're using more terminology like net surfer. <laughs> it's so 90s. Oh, my God. But one net surfer's husband believes that Fox is actually. Oh, so not even the net surfer, but her husband. Yeah, her husband believes the theory that Fox is engaged in some kind of conspiracy and there actually will be no season five. And that was the series finale. So... Oh, which again would have been a really bold move. Yeah, they did reach out to Fox and the spokesman said that would be a conspiracy reaching the highest levels of Fox. Whoa. But that was that was their comment on that. The cigarette smoking man controls Fox. <laughs> Would not be surprised. Another theory is that Mulder is really dead, but will be brought back by either alien technology or some kind of advanced science procedure in the next season. So he's dead, but they'll revive him. No. Oh. And the final theory is that Mulder died for good, but the character will live on in flashbacks, dreams, and other memories. Oh. So he will still participate in the show, but the character would be dead. So those were the theories that people he could had. Be a ghost, and that's yeah. how Scully realizes the paranormal was real because her partner is a ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. But yeah, so those are the theories people had in May of 1997. So I was really excited to find that. I need to cancel my Wall Street Journal subscription now because they'll keep charging me. <laughs> but they really, I wish. I wish they would just let you buy an article on these sites. Like, just let us buy one. It's fine. I get it. People need to be paid for their work. Right, I, yeah. I get but... it. But at the same time, like, there's got to be something we could do to, like, especially, like, I mean, the Wall Street Journal from 1997. Right. I, anyway. Yeah. But, like, science research, fucking, like, papers, like, all that stuff is behind paywalls. You have to pay, like, $50 per article to look at some fucking paper when you're trying to research stuff. Like, that should all be, like out there people should be able to see that shit it should be free a lot of that yeah. stuff is paid by government funding anyway the research so we should have access to it yeah um, exactly and like talking about again rants anymore but 
And again, just like let people buy one article, be like, pay a buck, you can have it. Like instead of having to subscribe, and then I couldn't cancel my subscription last well, night because my account was I know the New York new. Times does that, but it's like ten dollars, and oh, I'm like, it's ridiculous. a fucking article, like ninety nine cents, a buck. Come on, yeah, no. So yeah, annoying, but I was excited to find it. So yay, cool. The only thing I have to say about this episode is, aside from everything I said in the episode itself, we talk about like the whole like, who is Judas? So obviously, I think you had said the intention is that it's supposed to be Scully as the Judas, right? From what we see, she's turned her back on Mulder, mm-hmm. calling all his work a fraud and what have you. Which makes me then wonder if we are going to get the revelation that Mulder is not dead after three days. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Also, there are some other Judases, like Babcock could be a Judas for the other character, right? Because yeah. he turns his... You know, for Arlinsky, kind of so. yeah. So there's kind of like multiple levels of, I almost said Judaism. That's not right. That's not how that word works. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Judases. <laughs> We're not that kind of conspiracy show. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, Definitely not. Yeah. We're not like that guy in Kadesh who's printing out terrible, terrible <laughs> pamphlets. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, that's what Tori is really linking us to. He's linking us to the protocols of the elders of Zion. Oh my God, you tricked me. You rickrolled me with anti-Semitism. No, so. no, definitely not. So as promised, numbers, numbers, numbers. So season four in general is my second highest rated season with a 5.33 overall average. It is Tori's second highest as well. With a 6.46. So both of us, season three was the highest rated season. Mm -hmm. Those are our original numbers. My adjusted numbers went up a little bit. I went from a 5.33 to a 5.5. And Tori went from a 6.46 to a 6.58. If we look only at the episodes we're discussing in this Terminus Part 2. So for episodes 13 through 24. Tori's original average would be a Mm 6.8. And then Tori's adjusted would actually be 7.1. Nice. Which would just barely be under your season three adjusted, which was Mm 7.04. So my 13 through 24 initial average would be a 5.8. So even higher than my adjusted full season average. And then my adjusted average for episodes 13 through 24 would be a 6.3. Wow. Which is also just under my season three adjusted, which was 6.46. Oh, my season three adjusted is exactly what your season four original is. Oh, that's funny. And also, it seems like we liked the second half of the season a little bit more, just in general. Yeah, I adjusted two episodes this season. Or in episodes 13 through 24, I moved Never Again from a 6 to an 8. And then I moved Kaddish from a 6 to a 7. And then you had already discussed that you moved both Max and Tempest Fugit. um, Opposite order. Tempest Fugit was the first episode and Max was the second episode. But you moved them both from 8 to a 9. I did. And then we actually talked about this last episode in Gesethmene. Gesethmene? Yes. That you were going to reevaluate demons, and so you moved from a six to a seven. I did, yeah. Gave it a little yeah. boost, little boost. Yeah. So, yeah. So, season four, not too bad. Not as good as season three in both of our rankings. So, I do, I feel like I rated episodes higher in this episode overall. And maybe I did, and just there were a lot of low ones too that balanced it out. Yeah. I feel like I gave more higher numbers this episode than I did in previous episodes. I would need to look at that, and I'm not going to right now. Yeah, the only one I rated really low in this half of the season was Unrequited, which got a three. So, Yeah, we both <laughs> gave it a three. Yeah. yeah so not, it, was both, it was our lowest episode for both. <laughs> We're not impressed um, with that episode at all. So No. And really, I mean, for the second half of this, see, Unrequited, I gave zero semaphore because Myth Arc, and I gave the episode that should not be named because I can't say it uh, for also mm-hmm. guess anemone, whatever. So yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is with that word. I cannot. It's a hard word. It. It's a hard word. Yeah. It's like, I can get it, yeah. but then I lose it again and I can't remember how to say it. Yeah. 
But that is season four, Terminus Part Two. Mm-hmm. We will be returning with season five in September. We were talking about this already a little bit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It kind of worked out nicely just to have season five start in September with some other stuff we have going on. So that's what we're going to do. So hopefully you stick around, listen to the other stuff. If you're only an X-Files listener, that's fine. Kind of get a little summer break. Mm-hmm. So listen to reruns during the yeah. summer and then you can <laughs> come back for new episodes in September. Yeah. Although season five in real life started like in November when the episode started airing. Yeah. They made everyone wait a really long time. <laughs> yeah. They started getting pushed back like from year to year after yeah. X-Files came out. So Chasing those yeah. sweeps ratings. Yep. Again, linking storytelling with capitalism, I don't think it's a good idea. Nope. If everyone just had a universal basic income, we wouldn't have to, but... Yeah, that'd be nice. People could do what they wished, but I don't know. We need slave labor, so gotta force people to have jobs they don't want to have so the economy can function for the rich. Yay! (laughs) So they can go down to see the Titanic and get imploded in a submersible. Fuck those guys. We should let them all go. Let them let let all the billionaires go to the bottom of the ocean. Let them go to space and let their spaceships just blow the fuck up. And then we can redistribute the wealth and the world will be a better place. Yeah. No one needs three digit billion. I'm sorry. No, no one does. No one needs a billion dollars, honestly. No. You should nine hundred and ninety nine million is plenty. You're fine. After that, it should just go back into public good. No one should be allowed to have more than one house until everyone in the world has a house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Take care of the people around you and everyone will be better. You complain about crime. You know what? If people weren't struggling, probably would be less crime. Yes, right. there's always going to be people who are evil and what have you. But We're complaining on, about like how the unhoused population is ruining cities. And it's like, well, gee, let me think about this for a minute. Why are so many people currently unhoused? If that's a problem for you, there are solutions to that problem. So maybe think yeah. it through a little. That's, you know, just my cranky advice. Country spending more to house refugees in essentially prisons or trying to send them to foreign countries, spending way more money than they would if they just let these people have a place to live and join the economy. Right. And pay taxes. Like, it's, it's just it's stop so... being xenophobic and racist and just let people be people. Borders are a myth. You created them. You can uncreate them. Mm-hmm. So. Man, now I'm depressed. I don't even want to talk about zero the Supreme sum. It's not Court. a zero-sum game, people. <laughs> it's not. We always talk about how the economy has to keep growing. Well, if it keeps growing, then there's more for everybody. Stop hoarding it. Stop being fucking dicks. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> hope you enjoyed season four. <laughs> We're both very tired, and that reason is We're capitalism. So angry. <laughs> and... uh anyway season four of the x-files we did it woo hopefully we'll both get some cake later i'm actually making a pina colada cake it's a pineapple cake that i baked and now i have to put frosting on it i'm making a whipped cream frosting because i'm not a huge fan of like the super cloying sweet like sugar i can't do it it's too sweet Mm -hmm. so i'm doing a whipped cream frosting i'm gonna put some coconut on top and i started with a cake mix because i'm lazy and i just threw some crushed pineapple in there and it's gonna it smells fucking amazing so it's gonna be good so cake nice i think my birthday is coming up in a few days and so one i'm going on vacation one i'm going on staycation i'm not going anywhere i'm just gonna stay home and try to make our apartment and i was like Oh, bombed out shelter. But I'm thinking I might get a pride cake for my birthday. Oh, cool. My wife makes an awesome pride cake where she works. Seen photos. They look very good. Yes. And so I think I might do pride cake for my birthday. But I think we definitely need to make sure we have cake in September. Because as we mentioned, there are at least two very important anniversaries that are going to occur mm-hmm. yes surprisingly on the same day yeah it's funny so, how that works funny how that Almost works as if we planned it that way <laughs> i mean we kind of didn't but it, <laughs> we kind of we so. try we did eventually be like hey it's a good day uh yeah, yeah. well it made sense we kind of rushed things a little bit when we started the podcast so we were like hey you know what this day is going to happen here we should try and get these episodes out and so we did but there's also some nice uh, numerologists happening with these two anniversaries as well. Oh, so, cool. 
And again, we have some special, special things coming out for we people. We do. We do. I'm so, excited. So it'll be fun. And I've actually added to it. It involves no more work on our part, which is nice. So I'm always willing to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll be fun and everyone will enjoy it. So come back after your summer break or don't leave. Listen to Millennium. Listen to In Search Of. Listen to reruns of our episodes. And then September, 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 we'll be back with season five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. I Want to Rewatch is where we talk about the X-Files and X-Files adjacent television and films. If you like what we're doing, check out our show notes for ways to support the podcast. And of course, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time. And together, we'll try to figure out if if the the truth truth is still out there. The truth is what we make of it. by the way because we would have just kept on going <laughs> we do that <laughs> get angry about capitalism oh my god <laughs> i'm so angry about capitalism right now i don't want to talk about it <laughs> but we did